This is episode 43 of the Ottawa Podcast. Our guest today is Michael Townsend, and he's here joining myself, Amon Bashir, Keegan On, and Rob Attrell for the podcast this week. Michael is a is the founder of Double Speak Games. He has an app that made it uh, to number one in the iTunes app store in a few different countries. The big and ones. The, yeah. the big ones. The big <laughs> ones. And we'll get to that. And uh, he's here to talk us talk to us about uh, gaming, software engineering, I suppose, uh, and just all things Ottawa. Hi. We'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Hello, Michael. <laughs> Michael, uh, before we start, yeah. could you, we, we have this uh, competition between the mod and I where we alternate introducing people and we like to ask our guests for immediate uh, quantifiable feedback on the, on the uh, intro. So if you could just pretend a mod's not here, yeah. uh, out of 10, how do you think you did? Or maybe offer some... Oh man, I don't know, like, improvement. like maybe a 7.5? I'll take that. Damn it. Yeah, I'll take that. That's still pretty That's good. That's pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It's, it's better than high. I would have done. Oh, that's so. it. <laughs> All right, 7.5. All right, I'll take it. Solid week for a month. Yeah, it's that's high. a totally contextless rating. Oh, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Someone gave me a 2 one. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting right beside them. <laughs> what? Your most recent one was like a 4, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't <laughs> do Those are passing grades. Amon always leads the question. Amon's like, how horrible is that intro? <laughs> I just happen to make observations out loud, and if somebody, if it happens to affect rating, I mean, <laughs> can't be my fault. <laughs> uh, so we're, we have a beer this week. We do. Uh, we, uh, this week we have another beer from Nickel Brook. Yes. Just because we love saying Nickel Brook Brewery. We're getting better. We love too. trying to say it. It's oh, hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's the key. <laughs> so this week we have their Maple Porter. Uh and so this is a, another one of the, we, we tend to have stronger beers in this because because of craft breweries. So this one's six uh, percent. I was reading the ingredients list, and this one is particularly interesting. So I'll let you guys try it, and then I'll uh, I'll let you know what's inside. But uh, they so they brew the Nickel Brook Maple Porter to be first and foremost a robust and full-bodied porter using premium roasted and pale malts. Uh, I don't taste maple at all. I don't have a single taste that's coming like a, that's coming out strong for me. Okay. It's, it's really like a smooth. combination. It's very smooth. Yeah. It's I I like it. Um, <laughs> the, the aftertaste is I I, I get sort of like uh, I, there's no better way to put it, this, but it's like a roasty feel. Yeah. I guess it's like that classic, almost like dark chocolate coffee porter kind yes. of thing. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. I'm thinking coffee as well, but uh, yeah. What uh, what do we have for ingredients? So uh, we got the obvious, Walter water. And malted grains. We got dark chocolate. We got pale chocolate. Crystal. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> we got carapels. I don't know what that is either. No. Uh, wheat. Pure dark Canadian maple syrup. Hops. German magnum. Again, not really sure on that. UK fuggles. Yeast and dry English. Just dry English. I don't know what half of those things are. <laughs> uh, whatever it is. I mean, they all blend well together. It's, it comes together nicely. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. German really Magnum does. sounds like a weapon. It kind of does. Sort of like the Russian gun. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We had yeah, that last it. week. Oh, that's great. Uh, Michael, are you a, a beer guy, would you say? I like beer. Yeah. Yeah. And what are some of your favorite styles or specific um, brews? I'm, I'm into like Imperial IPAs these days because <laughs> mm-hmm. they're really good. Um, the Twice as Mad Tom, is that's my go-to. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite beers right now. Yeah. Love yeah. that thing. Oh. 
Actually, have we had? No, we had the, the regular Mad Tom. Oh, the Twice is way better. I, I, I'm unbelievably better. I've seen that around somewhere. I, yeah. I'm, I'm you get it at the LCBO. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah cool. The Mad Tom is good, but the, the Twice is way better. Okay, I, good I stuff. assume it's more bitter? No. Oh, No, really? no, no. It's really smooth. It's quite huh. sweet almost. It's got a sort of almost liquory kind of sweetness to it. It's, oh. it's really nice. That's good. Sounds up like my alley. It's like 8%. <laughs> okay <laughs> even more up your alley it's great yeah. no, it's great I highly recommend it good stuff very cool good stuff hmm. alright um, before we get into anything Rob, before we get to the episode we, we want to try to pay some bills so we have uh, <laughs> we have our new sponsor we mentioned last week very briefly at the end of the episode uh, so we're working with audible.com now and uh, they are giving you guys an offer in, in exchange uh, to help support us and to support uh, audible.com they are offering you uh, a free 30-day trial as well as a free audiobook download. Uh, so you can listen to audiobooks on your iPhone. They have apps for iPhone, Android, and, uh, and tablets. And uh, they, like to, they like us to talk about a book if, if we have a book that we've read recently or are reading right now. And uh, I noticed, I know that I'm on, you're reading Amy Poehler's new book, Yes, Please. Yes, Please. That's and right. uh, it's on there. So uh, Great. What do you think about the book so far? I like it. It's uh, I'm a big fan of just I guess I I like that series of NBC shows for a period of time yeah. where we had the Thirty Rock, the Parks and Rec, and uh, and uh, the Office, I guess. And it, Amy Poehler has a really interesting story. And and if you uh, I don't know if, if you guys know much about what Amy Poehler does right now, but she's really trying to um, uh, almost further what what i think dove was doing in that commercial at one point in time where it was like you know that throw like a girl hit like a girl or, mm-hmm. or whatever and it's like you have these adults who are making it seem so weak and you have the kids being like no i'm just going to throw normally right yeah so it, it's just it's just encouraging people at a younger age to be like no no don't lose sight of who you are type thing and, and that's really reflected in that book which is kind of cool and then what i really love is also talking about second city and how she sort of got where she was meeting Seth Meyers, who was in the audience, uh, yeah, at you know, one of her shows. So it's it's a really good read. Just walking her through Second City to SNL to whatever happens next. It's really good. You're cool. reading it as well, I think. I am, yeah. And it's uh, it's really. I, I like audiobooks because you don't have to read anything. And it's neat that she reads yeah, it. She reads so it. it's like the author a lot of the times. So you got to get it how it's supposed to be yeah. read. Unless it's a really, really lazy author. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. So where, where do people go if they want to? Uh... So you can, you can get the trial as well as the free audiobook at audible.ottawattpodcast.com. And uh, help, help us. support us and help us help Audible. you. Help yeah. us. Thanks but a mostly lot. Us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was an extra there. Uh, all right. So, Michael, uh, the way we usually like to start this off is we like to talk about uh, your origin story of sorts, how you started, sort of where you're coming from, and how you got to where you are today. So, could you give us a brief sort of synopsis of Michael Townsend's life? Uh... <laughs> Sure. So where are you from, first of all? <laughs> the origin story. Yeah, so yes, I, I spent most of my adult life in Ottawa, so yeah. you can sort of consider that my home city. Um, Great. I've been writing software since I was a little kid. Okay. My dad worked for Bell Northern Research before it exploded. And oh. um, not actually exploded. <laughs> okay. that's, no. That's no, 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 no. <laughs> and and so he was, he was always bringing home tech and, and stuff. And uh, yeah. he got me, I started programming QBasic on the Family 386 back when I was like 13. I love that. Um, yeah, it's just followed that through school and yeah. and everything, and 
worked at a few jobs around here writing software for other people and in my spare time I write video games okay and I've been writing video games for as long as I've been programming computers yeah um, but only recently started finishing them <laughs> <laughs> which is a big part of video it's a, games it's I a big part you know uh, like it's, it's scoping <laughs> scoping is really important yeah I get that <laughs> it's it's interesting that you mentioned that you started so young because your dad was able to bring home yeah whatever uh, when I was younger my dad uh uh, well, my dad had a series of companies at, at one point in time where I'm from, and the old computers he sort of just brought home. And it was little things like, you know, you mentioned 386s. Yeah. He brought back a few, and I was able to, like, he's like, it doesn't matter what happens to these Oh, computers. that's awesome. So he's yeah. like, try to take it apart, try to build it again. And, and you know, through trial and error and, and, and blowing a few things, yeah. <laughs> you learn how to get it done. And, and it's some, it, it started with something as simple as here are garbage pieces to mm. him. Right. Fix it up, and, and you did, and you know, I did it, and then it's just like, okay, well, you know, now that you have all these parts, how are you going to, you know, incorporate new types of hardware? What's the capacity of of, of the computer itself? Then you know, you, you bring the software into it, and you're mentioning QBasic. And yeah. before I even was aware that programming classes were a thing, I was too young for that anyway. You're able to to sort of explore yourself, which is kind of cool. So can you speak to, 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 you know, some of the things that you might have been able to do back then? Like little, little, like what were you doing with, with programming at 13 years old? Oh man, I used to go to the library in Munster and take out these, you know, how to build whatever in QBasic books sure. and just copy them I had- and, and like <laughs> write, write the software that was in the book and sort of figure out what's going on. And, uh, okay. the uh, QBasic came with a couple like prepackaged games. It had like snake yep. and it had... Is it like there's a game where you were? Oh, I was gorilla. You were gorillas, and you threw you threw bananas at each other. Right. Yeah. And I copied Snake line by line <laughs> to to just make it the new game. And yeah, yeah that's just amazing. Figuring it out and and how does it work? And sure, you know what can I do? How can I change the snake's color? And like how can I make it move faster? Okay, gonna, sure. That's cool. Yeah. And I had I had the the great benefit of having a, a family friend that came and babysat us a lot. Who was he was a programmer and he would teach me a lot of stuff. Oh, that helps so, a lot. Nice. Yeah, it helps a lot. Great. And I guess that's way better than the modern age where you can like go to some web forum, download the source code, and you can just run it, but you don't actually have to copy it out, so you don't really get an understanding of what's going on right. unless you really yeah. dig in. And... Yeah, it's definitely possible to develop by Stack Overflow. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, so, obviously, you became passionate enough about it. Uh, now, did, did you pursue any education related to... Uh, software or computer? Oh yeah, yeah I mean, okay. I took every computer course that my my schools offered. Though yep. it's not really you get comp sci in like the end of high school. There's a and, couple of computer yeah. science classes <laughs> that I was already far beyond. Um, and then I went to university for for computers. So so okay. I've, I've got a comp sci degree from U of T. Oh great! So yeah, yeah pursued that. It's I've been doing it my whole life. Like, yeah. This is this is my thing. Great, <laughs> cool. So after U of T, what happened? Where, where'd you go? From there? Uh, I traveled the world. Oh, uh, for a year. I just sort of went east until I got back home. Um, nice. <laughs> and then I got a couple of gigs. I've been jumping from job to job yep. until I found. Now I'm now I'm working at TripAdvisor. Oh, so very cool. Doing yeah. doing what? Writing code. Really? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then in my spare time, I write video games. Okay. So I, I work all day and then I come home and I work. It's great. <laughs> yeah. This is a fantastic life. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's awesome. Michael, when, when people are, I was surprised when I went to play a dark room earlier that it's a text-based game 
and, and we live in a an age now where Call of Duty you can see people's <laughs> individual nose hairs. Why? Uh, do you think you can talk about why you think uh, people gravitated towards your game? Man, it is is hard to say. I mean, I figured it had viral potential just because of the the mechanical structure of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's um, it's got this sort of paste drip progression that I stole from Candy Box. Right. Um, that that's sort of that's really engaging, right? People like to see numbers go up, and people like to to right. feel like they're doing something even if they aren't. Yep. So that really pushes all those buttons. And um, <laughs> my goal with it was to tie it tie that sort of mechanical progression to a narrative progression mm-hmm. and people are also people love a mystery right sure. they'll hook on to something they don't exactly know what's going on that's that's it they're done so i mean it, that there's that right you've got sort of mechanical mystery and the narrative mystery that yeah. works together to to really i think fuel that kind of viral nature that makes sense um the fact that it got as big as it did still kind of terrifies me but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think that absolutely had a part to it. Um, that makes sense. You don't need graphics. Like right. games have been really, really engaging right. since the beginning of games, mm-hmm, and sure. they haven't had photorealistic graphics. Still, arguably, don't. But yeah. they, haven't had, <laughs> they haven't had anything approaching photoreal, photorealistic graphics for most of their history. So, right. Right. if yeah. it took that to make them engaging, then we wouldn't have a games industry. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. good call. So when you when you came up with the concept. Uh, did did you have a direction that like did you know that a dark room was going to become a dark room or did you did you have different prototypes? Um, I the way that I build things in my spare time differs a lot from the sort of professional way that you build software. In sure. that I get an idea that I think is cool and I sit down and I start programming. Okay. Um, I don't spend nearly as much time designing as I should, <laughs> and that's kind of what happened with a dark room. I I played Candy Box. Which I've plugged already, but I yep. played Candy Box for about ten minutes. And I said, "Oh, this game is really awesome! I can, I think I can do something with this." And right. and it's text, and it's small, and it's technologies that I know I can build this, and I can finish it. Yeah. Right. And I slept on it, and the next day, I started working. And I mean, I didn't really design much of it; it just sort of grew organically as I started programming. Right. So, yeah, that kind of where that came from. Right. <laughs> how how long was the development process? It took me about a month to write. Which is oh. really short. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I assumed a long time, but no. <laughs> and I had I had more planned. Yeah, there was there was two more phases to the game that I had planned, and okay. I started to lose interest. Like it it switched from <laughs> being a passion project to being work. Right. Oh, and no. at that point, I was like, you know what? I need to put a bow on this, or it's never going to get finished. Like yeah. everything mm-hmm. I've else I've ever done. Sure. So I I just sort of like finished it and I shipped it and it's done. That's great. Um. So that that was quick. It it went pretty fast. When I'm excited about something, I'll. I'll just do it. That makes sense. Right. And, and at what point did it? Did you notice it start to blow up? Um, it blew up pretty quick online, um, but really took off after I released it open source and Hacker News picked it up. Okay. Um, then it just it went crazy. I mean, it was really fun watching my analytics. Like I'm sure you guys do yeah. analytics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just watching my analytics at first. You know, I release it, and the first day I've got like a couple hundred hits, and I'm like, oh man, it's like a couple hundred people. It's awesome. <laughs> and and but that's probably going to be it. You know. Yeah, and then the next day it's a couple thousand, and I'm like, whoa, a couple thousand. Oh my god. But that's probably it. Sure. And the next day it's like twenty thousand. It's like oh twenty thousand, and it just kept doing that. Like, <laughs> You're just excited every day. Yeah, every day. Every day it was like, wow, look at that. That's incredible. I'm never going to top this. Yeah, It's just going to go down from here. And the next day oh, no. it's just... My web server died a couple times. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's that's awesome. Um, mm. So it became obviously like a... 
I don't. I mean, I I don't want to oversell it, but can I call it an international sensation? I think you could probably call it an international sensation. It, it Technically, came, it, it, it did. It did become yeah, international. Yeah. It was number one in Canada, the US, US. and the UK. Yeah, that's international. That's international. Yeah. There you go. Definitely Three is. nations. Yeah, that's it. How how long do you know how long it held the number one? Yeah, of? we were number one in the US for about two weeks. Which that's is, huge. Which yeah. is pretty crazy. Like, oh, and that was that was around the time when um, what else were we fighting? Ellen DeGeneres plugged a game called Heads Up. On okay. her show, that sounds familiar. And, and we were like, "Oh my god!" You know, Alan has plugged this thing. It's gonna not, and it didn't. And like, we we survived. <laughs> we survived like an NHL game nice. coming up the charts, and um, a mobile Hitman, like Hitman okay. Go, this mobile oh, Hitman yeah. game. We yeah. survived that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was it was crazy. Like every day, we're like, "There's no way we're gonna last number one well, again," no. and just it kept going. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, not bad. And how about Canada? How long were you... Canada, oh, how long we were number one in Canada? It wasn't quite as long. Okay. Um, like, I want to say probably about a week. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. And, and you know, UK, Canada, US, they were different weeks as well. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. It's interesting to see that happen. Yeah, we hit the UK first, and we don't really know oh. why. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, we were middling around, you know, a few hundred sales a day, and it was all right. You know, it was pocket change. It's sure. cool. It's some money that we get. And then... All of a sudden, we were number one in the UK, and we don't really know why. <laughs> and, you know, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then that petered out, and then maybe a week later, we hit number one in the US. And wow. that was crazy. Like, yeah. just the sheer amount of downloads was was absurd. And then that petered out, and then just after that finished, we were number one in Canada. Wow, not bad. Which was, which was, uh, that excited me, because now I can show my friends the app store and be like, look! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's us right there number one yeah <laughs> it's really abstract I find like when I, I, I'm really interested in technology and, and like iOS ecosystem in general but I find that it's really hard to talk to people about it because you there's not a lot where you can show them something tangible that they're going to understand so even if you get successful with something or something happens you can't really talk about it with with people that are in at least my friend circle and so I imagine having something like that something that People can relate to. Everyone knows what an app store is. Everyone can go and look yeah. and see. Right. Look, I'm at the top of this it's list. Like this. This, <laughs> is this, yeah. this is this is like the list of everything that sold on this huge store yeah. in the entire world. Yeah. This yeah. Is like, <laughs> you can really make that simple. Yes. <laughs> this yeah. is where I am. This is it. Good for you. You know, yeah. I'm always interested when games release their uh, sorry, it's open source, open yeah. code, uh, and I'm interested in how. The develop the original developer um, reacts to having their code um, de- like redeveloped and, and taken. Has, has a dark room been taken in different directions, or um, do you even track that kind of stuff? I, yeah, I mean, we've been f- the repository has been forked a whole bunch of times mm-hmm. um, in in <laughs> code par like in GitHub parlance. So that just means that somebody has copied it, and right. they're either just playing with it themselves or whatever. I haven't seen any like big sort of divergent releases. Okay. Um, doesn't mean that there aren't any. I just haven't seen them. Right, right. Um, the biggest thing that, that's happened with regards to the open sourcing of ADR is uh, localization. So it's right. it's now translated into like ten different languages, oh, which neat. is really cool. Yeah. Um, the before that happened on the official version, I someone had created a Chinese version that was hosted somewhere else. So they had right. they had taken my code, made right. a Chinese, put it up on some other website. Sure. So so there are forks out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, that's the, that's right. the reason that I made it open source. Okay, so I want yeah. I want people to learn from it, right? I want yeah. them to look at it and say, oh, how did I build? How this guy build it? Like, I want yeah. you know that fourteen year old kid 
So, you know, what can I change to make this go a little bit faster? It's yeah. a little bit slower. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's the core of software. It's not a thing that I lose if I give it away. Yeah. So yeah. that's interesting because that's almost full circle from what you were saying before. Absolutely. With basic and yeah, sync. For sure. That's, that's awesome. Really right. Yeah. And there have been a bunch of times I'll get emails from, from kids be like, I'm, you know, I'm a high school student and this is really cool. And can you help, you know, can you explain why this, why you've done this this way? Absolutely. Like yeah. you're a mentor. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Very cool. That's great. Um, so, uh, in addition to a dark room, you have another game as well, right? Yeah. I've got another game released. Um, it's called Gridland. Okay. It's not open source yet, but it will be soon. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what, what's that game about? Uh, it's a match three survival RPG. Cool. Okay. Take Bejeweled and mash it into Minecraft. Oh, okay. And you kind of get Gridland. Okay. Neat. So, yeah. I mean, I get the Bejeweled aspect of it. Uh, I don't understand how the Minecraft aspect... Yeah, so... Well, you can load it up on your computer right now if you want. Um, there's there's the grid where your tiles are, and on top of the grid is a little guy, and he's building a town. And uh-huh. as you match, the tiles are resources that he uses to help build his town. And as he constructs buildings, the tiles get upgraded and things change in the board. Okay. Cool. Um, like, you'll build a lumber mill, and that will upgrade your wood to, like, wooden planks. Sure. And as you upgrade it, you get it upgrades. And then... but. There's also a day-night cycle. So after a certain number of turns, night falls, all the tiles flip over. And on the other side of each tile is a corresponding bad tile. So, you know, most of the tiles turn into monsters. And if you match those, monsters spawn, you have to fight them. Um, (laughs) But the wood and the stone tiles turn into shields and swords that help you fight the monsters. So you have to sort of balance your matches and make it through the night, and then it's daytime again. Wow. And and as you upgrade your tiles, you're also upgrading your monsters. So the whole game sort of progresses in lockstep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's like a boss that you have to find and kill. And of course. Really? There's items yeah, and level up right? and yeah, there's yeah. magic and it's, oh, yeah, that's it's very cool. So the only thing you really have control over is that grid. Yeah, that's it. Well, and and later on, there's when you're at the nighttime, monsters drop items sometimes. You can use those items. Um, okay. And later, even later, you'll get magic spells that you can cast. Really? Yeah. That's great. When did that game come out? Uh, last year sometime. Okay. And, and just out of curiosity, when did ADR come out? Um, that was 2013. Okay. Uh, I want to say June. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Great. And, and Michael, you were saying that these games, or when you, when you start developing games, it comes from uh, a, a mechanical aspect. You're interested in, in mechanics of how, how it works. I, how do you take that to build an actual narrative or a story? Well, I mean, it depends, right? Like, mm-hmm. Gridland doesn't really have a narrative. Right. There's, there's not a lot of narrative there. Um, ADR, when it comes to sort of marrying narrative and mechanics, like, that's that's a big part of game design, or at least good game design. Yeah. Um, there's there's a, you know, four-letter word for it, or not a four-letter word, a, a million-dollar word, or whatever the hell the, the term is. Um, <laughs> a big word. A big word. Um, ludonarrative cohesion. Oh, is the big word, right? Where you want your mechanics to reinforce your narrative and vice versa. Okay. So in ADR, the mechanics sort of expand. They zoom out. Um, You start in a room and all you can do is light a fire and that's it. And then it expands a little bit and you can collect wood and light a fire. And then it expands a little bit and you can use those resources to build a town. And then it expands a little bit and you... Similarly, the narrative kind of zooms out because because the mechanics represent 
actions in a world that you're zooming out. Yeah. Um, by zooming out, I can show you more of the world narratively. I guess. And you learn more about your character and where you are and why mm. and what's going on. Right. And so the, the narrative zoom out matches the mechanical zoom out in this sort of like it dovetails, right? Sure, that's yeah. that's the idea. Very neat. Great. Can I ask what's the what's the process of going from like you you said you built this for web browser? Yep. Uh, what's what kind of what's the process like going from that to uh, like a uh, iOS for instance? In, this in my case, um, sitting around and waiting. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> because the guy someone else built the iOS okay. port. Um, there are a few ways you can go from browser to to native. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can do what Amir, my friend in Texas, did, which is just rewrite the whole damn thing. Okay. Um, he just he used my game as an inspiration and rewrote it from the ground up because for him it was also a learning experience. He was yeah. trying to learn iOS development. So, yeah, sure. So that worked. Um, there are some shortcuts that you can take. Um, there are a few frameworks that will wrap themselves around an HTML application. They're effectively a stripped down web browser that don't look like that doesn't look like a web browser that can only load local content. Okay. Right. So you you have this little web browser rendering engine that renders. The, the HTML content that would normally be retrieved off the internet, but right. it's stored locally, and you wrap that all up as a little application. You can sell that. Okay. Right. Okay. So that's that's the easy way. Yeah. 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 Which is not the way you you elected to go. Well, <laughs> I, 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 so I had nothing to do with the iOS port. Right? Oh, right. Which is, which is the beauty of it. I just <laughs> right. I just sort of Amir contacted me after he found ADR on Hacker News, yep. and he said like, "Hey, I just quit my job to see if I could reboot my life. You know, I quit my job, sold all my stuff, sure. and." I want to learn, you know, one of my life goals is to build an iOS game right. and, you know, your game is really cool and can I do it? And I said, <laughs> sure, yeah. go ahead. Um, but we split profit and right. I have creative veto over anything you do. And he oh, goes, hey. okay. And he took off okay. and I didn't hear from him for like three months. And then he came back <laughs> and he says, he's, he, he emails me. He's like, I'm done. I want to show you the game. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. <laughs> And yeah, he showed it to me, and it shipped pretty much as he showed it to me. I we changed a couple sentences here and there, but really, uh, yeah. but then it shipped. That's fantastic. So I didn't really do anything. It was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a dream. <laughs> that's great. Uh, why don't we cut to a segment? Uh, let's go to Classic Ottawa. Who's doing Classic Ottawa? Hey. Classic Ottawa is our news segment where we talk about news. <laughs> We'll, we'll get a better what intro for that. <laughs> <laughs> Uber has quietly entered the Gatineau area this week, expanding despite issues with the city of Ottawa and the ruling that ride-sharing services are illegal in Quebec. So Uber, despite its purported, bene- purported benefits uh, to the community, joins a very short list of things that are illegal in Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets for Shania Twain's upcoming Ottawa concert went on sale this Friday. The 50-year-old Canadian country pop star is calling her this her farewell tour. After tickets sold out within hours, Miss Twain's tour manager announced a comeback tour scheduled for 2017, followed by one final farewell tour and finally another two-year residency in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's all true, but... <laughs> Some of it's true. It doesn't show how tall. ridiculous it the might not be the last tour. time, yeah. She, like, let's be honest, she's only 50. Yeah. is <laughs> coming back. <laughs> uh, the infamous light poles at Jack Purcell Park have been given... have been nominated for an award 
for government waste. <laughs> the, the badminton shape, racket shaped structure was built in honor of a famous badminton, play, badminton player, but it turns out they had the wrong Jack Purcell. With this massive oversight, we can only hope that there won't be a future local hero who is inconveniently named Rob Ford. <laughs> they build a monument. I would, I would visit his park. That's true. It sounds like a fun park. Yeah. So, so there's an article in a citizen about this and about like a bunch of different like uh, government gaffes, I guess. Yeah. I can't believe something like this could happen. And like, there's got to be approval processes, right? At some point, yes. someone's got to be like, I don't think that's the right Jack Purcell. And that's the thing. It's not one per like I, I we work federal government, yeah. and which yeah. is which is arguably worse when it comes to red tape. But any government, you have so many approval like like layers. Yeah. How does this get through so many people? And I've always wondered what the heck is going on with those things. I just thought it was a funky design. Right. It just goes to show that all those massive layers of redundancy just don't matter. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, like, not at all. They don't they don't even catch something this stupid. Well, <laughs> so this Jack Purcell, the one the Baden players from Guelph, uh, the one from Ottawa was somebody who gave like hockey skates and really helped people like mainly related to hockey in the community. So when they realized they messed up, they decided that, like, what do we do? These things are already built. So they took out the strings from the badminton rackets. Oh. And then they're like, <laughs> it's just all right, now it's fancy. It's art. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I like, can't believe that it didn't win, like it seems. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That uh, there, there are other ones that also didn't win. And one of them was in Calgary. There was a, wa- there was a waste treatment facility. And so they decided to build a conference center conference center slash research place about waste management like right beside it and then apparently no one wants to go to a conference like next to a waste site because i think because of the smell first of all but also there were no hotels around there right (laughs) so they're like Uh, all right sleep in the boardroom exactly it it, like loses like a quarter of a million dollars a year or something (laughs) it's it's outrageous uh there there are a few uh yeah this Saturday, Tory MP John Williamson apologized for remarks he made last week regarding temporary foreign workers. According to sources, he offended many of his fellow party members by suggesting that temporary foreign workers should be paid more than a dollar a day. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually, he, he said something about whiteies and, and brown people, I think. Oh. <laughs> That's what he was apologizing about. The, yeah? Actually? Yeah. Oh, okay. He, he, I think he, he said it at a at a conference or something. Oh, that's... And then, and then he tweeted an apology, which is uh, kind of like a half <laughs> yeah, apology. Yeah, it's, it. <laughs> it's not great. The, the Reno Canal officially closed late Monday night after a record-breaking 59 consecutive days of skating. When asked how they planned to break the ice, one city official said, I like, I like to ask a girl about her sign. <laughs> <laughs> and that oh, is no. the news. <laughs> Gotta end on a high note. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets making dad jokes now. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's jump to Ottawa based things. So, well, not that you're not Ottawa based, but just things about the city of Ottawa. Um, I see on here that one of the things you like doing is bouldering. I do, yeah. Do you boulder in Ottawa? Like, I, I, at. Uh, what, what James? I guess like, VR. Yeah, is yeah. that technically Ottawa? Oh, like, yeah, but they're I like in Ottawa. the middle of the river. Is yeah. it Ottawa? Or let's let's it call Ottawa? it national capital. Let's call yeah. it Ottawa. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Yeah, that's 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 my gym of choice. Oh yeah, just vertical reality. They just opened up again recently. They were closed for a long time, and I had to go to Am- altitude way the hell out in Quebec. Oh, oh wow. is that the really expensive one? It's it's not cheap. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's an old church, but it's right? pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, that's it's crazy. It's really big. It's really really big. Okay. 
It's a pretty cool place. And there's oh. Coyote. Have you ever been to Coyote? I've been to Coyote, Coyote once, and I was seriously disappointed. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. I just, Coyote feels to me like the weekend warrior climbing gym. Like, it's where you go if you want to take a camp group who doesn't uh-huh. know how to climb. Ah, <laughs> and, yes. and, yeah. yeah. It's not as gritty as... No. It. And, like, they got, they got their, their ropes, like, hooked into the ground. And, like, it's it just... It's it's kitty. Oh, yeah. I guess so. So, so bouldering, for the layman who don't know what bouldering is... Bouldering is the, the, the superior climbing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, because yeah. <laughs> my brother-in-law got me into bouldering, and then, and I'm on you, Boulder, sometimes. Or I think uh, maybe we went once. I think we might have gone once. Yeah. Yeah. So we know about bouldering, but otherwise I wouldn't know. But it's it's rock climbing medium heights? Is that yeah, it's, it's reasonably it? low. Like, yeah. if you fell, you wouldn't die. Right, <laughs> but you're not clipped in. Like, no, you're not right. clipped in. There's no, there's no ropes. You right. don't clip in, hmm. and and it's like they're puzzles. It's not an endurance <coughs> climb. Right, like you've got to try and make it from one place to another place with right. only certain rocks. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay, so it's it's kind of like Twister on a on a rock wall. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good uh, yeah. analogy. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And how long have you been bouldering for? On and off for a long time. Oh wow, that's cool. Um, so. You of the three, you like VR the best. Yeah, I like VR it, the best. Are, are there more than three? Or I don't. Those are three. I, I, know. I only know of those. Yeah, three. Of, of places sort of within reasonable driving distance. I think yeah. that's it. That makes sense. So the other thing I see on here uh, on this your pre-interview form is that you uh, you're a fan of coffee. I'm a big fan of coffee. I couldn't do my job without it. <laughs> well, let's let's be honest. I think that's that's sort of how all of us are. But, yeah. <laughs> but how about Ottawa coffee? I've, like, what, what do you think of some of the local establishments? Um, I mean, if I'm drinking coffee from a coffee shop in Ottawa, I'm usually hitting Bridgehead. I can't... Yeah. I have a weakness. I can't walk past a Bridgehead without getting an espresso. <laughs> I, just, I can't do it. Okay. It's not possible. Yeah. Um, though there are some places that I will go to. Like, Bread and Sons is great. They, they, yeah. they have uh, 49th Parallel, which is... Okay. That's the coffee that I use at home. Really? Okay. But, that's cool. Was it Bread and Sons? Bread and Sons. Yeah, they're yeah. on Bank. I yeah, that's think. right. Yeah, uh, just, not not too far from here. Yeah, they're good. They have good good pastries and stuff too. If you live near them, you should eat there a lot. Hmm. Well, now I have coffee. To. You should. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a good place. Yeah, good stuff. Um, the one thing about Bridgehead is when I moved to Ottawa, I thought like because they're everywhere <laughs> that, that I that I saw. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I thought they were a big chain. I only recently, like too recently, learned that they're just Ottawa. It's Ottawa only, yeah. That's that's amazing. Yeah, and and they're really only in Westboro. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're downtown. There's quite a few. Yeah, they are. They're increasing. You, you want to talk about like density of bridgeheads? It's Westboro. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes, that makes yeah. sense. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason. Honest. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's great. And 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 what else? What what else do you find yourself doing when you're not programming? When you're not you know at work uh, at TripAdvisor? <laughs> when, when I'm not working. When I'm not programming, yeah. I am probably playing video games. Video games, <laughs> or or board games, oh, yeah. or yeah. card games, depending on who's around. Cool. We had uh, we had David from uh, from Monopolate oh, awesome. on on the other I've week. still never been there. Oh, man. you know what? No, we've, worth worked, it. we've got a Monopolate board game cafe, and we've got the loft, the board game lounge, yeah. and I've never been to either of them. Really? <laughs> because my house. Has board games and coffee and beer, <laughs> <Right>. and I don't have to put pants on. <laughs> no, so, 
But I mean, nobody ever forces you to put pants on. Right? <laughs> I think you could walk into an establishment. Yeah. Sorry, David. It's no shirt, uh, no shoes. Right? <laughs> That's right. I've never heard no pants. So. You know, I'm going to go to Monopoly Latte wearing no pants. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm gonna tell him. Yeah, told those Ottawa guys told me to come in here without pants. They said it would be okay, and then David will be like, Ottawa? <laughs> it's not Wednesday. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I was uh, just in a board game store and uh, looking at all the board games, mm-hmm. and I always I like to like fantasize about playing all of them, and uh, and I think that is like the main appeal of a board yeah, game. Totally. Just, you don't have to buy a seventy five dollar board yep. game. Oh yeah. You misplay it, and I I was hoping that they would have. There's a game called Caverna, that's mm-hmm. that's apparently fantastic. The internet thinks it's amazing, but it's like a hundred dollars, cool. and it's huge. And I know that I would buy it, and it would hit the table once, right? Yeah, and we would never play it again, even if it's great because it's huge. Sure, and <laughs> I want to play it, but I don't want to spend a hundred dollars to play it once. So if they had it that game, yeah, at Monopoly out there. Or they, they very well might. They don't. I checked oh, both of their websites oh, because wow. I was like, man, oh. if they've got this game, I'm going to go and play it. Right. <laughs> and they don't. You know what you need to do? You just need to put the request in. So just tell them, guys, yeah. guys. Get this game. It's got so many pieces, though. I don't know if, if they'd be, oh, be a little bit shaky about yeah, shaky to buy, to buy a $100 <laughs> game that would be unplayable after a day. Yeah. Sure, yeah. If you lose one piece type thing, and yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> but uh, as, a, as a game developer, what, what games now are attract your attention i like um some of my favorite games lately are they're small like small games with really tight feedback loops like there is an appeal to those like gigantic games that take all day to play and and are full of lots of mechanics and they're really cool and, and i still like those games um but i really really like these really tight games that play really fast you've got one on your shelf right there <laughs> the resistance i love that game yeah. so much yeah absolutely that game is so good and the the guys that made that also made another one called coup Okay. That is also amazing. Really? And it's another really short, kind of similar in style, like you lie to your friends and stab each other in the back. It's my favorite thing <laughs> to do. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, I like that a lot. Um, I but like... By feedback loops, you're talking about the, the sense of being gratified. Yeah, like feedback loops, where, whereas um, you, get, you do something and you see the consequence of that thing, yeah. and that... It's a tight loop, right? Like right. with your big game, you might do a thing, turn one, and not feel the consequence of that thing for an hour, and, right. and then your brain won't make that link anymore. And right. the other problem with those really big games, a lot of the time, is you need to focus a lot on balance, and not all of them are balanced great. Um, you'll have problems where you know you'll screw up early, and you'll be toast for the rest of the game, and and you just spend mm-hmm. the rest of the game rolling dice and watching everybody else have fun. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that. that's a problem with these long games that you don't have to worry about in short games. Sure. Short games can be wildly unbalanced and it doesn't matter because they're over in a minute and then you start again. It's, it's, the same, it's the difference between um, you know, a huge game like Skyrim or whatever, a huge game and a roguelike, like a really short you know, permadeath game. They don't need to balance that. Sure. It's more fun if they don't right. because you know it's not permanent. It's not forever. Right. It's short. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I like that a lot. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I like those games a lot. Yeah, sure. So do you have specific titles that you're playing right now? We play a lot of Resistance. We yeah. play a lot of Coup. Um, I really like Cosmic Encounter. Okay. It's um, Munchkin Risk, I guess, is the best way to <laughs> oh, say it. Like, okay. it's, it's got elements of risk. Um, it, it's got elements of gambling. Um, but there's enough like random bullshit in it yeah. that, that you've got that little munchkininess to it. And, <laughs> right. and who you screw over each turn really isn't up to you. There's You have to flip over a card that tells you who you have to attack that round. And oh. so you don't get a lot of that like politics that sort of works its way into big group games. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's no politics. 
It's you're, you're making decisions every turn yeah. without any real like worry about alliances and whatever because no one can choose. Yeah. What, what's so, the name of that game? It's that called game? Cosmic Encounter. It's Cosmic it's a lot of fun. Encounter. Okay. Very I like it a lot. Um, and then when we do have our when we do have a, a, a hankering for something big and heavy, we play usually Game of Thrones. That oh. the, the board game. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that game is awesome. Like I've been hearing about that. Yeah. Which you wouldn't think it would be good. It shouldn't be good by all rights. Because sure. it's it's a you know a themed game based on a property. It really shouldn't be very good. And no. it doesn't really do anything new. Okay. It mashes up concepts from a lot of other games. Yeah. Nothing that it does is original. But it mashes up just the right mechanics and they fit together into this beautifully themed Oh, it's good. It just it feels it feels like Game of Thrones. They've they've done it really really well. Oh, wow. That surprises me. Yeah, to be it's, completely it's, honest. it's really good. No, it's really yeah, really good. That's, um, that's good. A glowing and you review. Will, you will hate yeah. everybody. By the end. <laughs> I think that's kind of the idea with a lot of games. Lot of games. Yeah. <laughs> you don't hate your friends by the end. You're not playing a good board game. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. Almost every board game I, I pl- like I've played, whether even even Clue, like Clue, Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> Resistance, yeah. you know, Game of Thrones, yeah. in that case, Settlers of Catan, yeah. you can hate your friends by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> How about uh, video games? Do you have any video games you're playing? Uh, there, oh. You know what? Late, like these days, we're in kind of a drought. I think mm-hmm. like there haven't been any really great games that have come out lately that I've really wanted to play, and so I've I've fallen back into World of Warcraft. Because oh, okay. there's just nothing else to do. Sure. Right. Um, though I do play indie games when they come out and look cool. Um, and as as the bajillion Kickstarter games that I back eventually get released, I play those. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting for The Witcher Three. That's what I'm doing right now. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> um, the uh, sorry. I, first of all, I don't know what The Witcher is. What's what's Witcher? really? Oh, it's a uh, it's a game. Uh, a pretty big rpg based on i believe it's a polish series um that is a big deal over there like it's it's a sure. big fantasy series um that uh i guess they're not like they're still indie but they're a pretty big indie indie company uh, yeah. cd project red developed okay and the witcher 2 came out i think the same year as uh, i want to say dragon age 2 okay yeah yeah i want to say and it was better really and what? yeah Man. yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, they kind of phoned it in on Dragon Age 2. Yeah, but so, yeah. it was better and and just took everybody by storm. Because The Witcher 1 was all right, but sure. it wasn't amazing. The Witcher 2 was amazing. Oh, really, really, really good. And because they're a PC-first developer, yeah. it looks really nice. <laughs> if you've spent the money on a nice PC, that game mm. still looks good. So you're right. a PC gamer? Yeah, okay. mostly. Okay. Um, oh, I guess with World of Warcraft. And yeah, I'm most, mostly a PC play. gamer. Cause, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, these days you can play most things on PC, and mm-hmm. they're yeah. cheaper. Yeah. And... They play better with a mouse and keyboard, like they just do. Yeah, I mean, I, growing up, I, I I used to be a lot more of a gamer than I am now. Like I have a my Xbox probably has dust on it right now. I, I haven't really <laughs> touched it, but uh, but yeah, growing up, I always preferred that mouse and keyboard. Yeah. I didn't like the controller. I mean, some lot. games are better with a controller. No, and, and I get that. Like I, I wouldn't play. I I can't even think. Of something but but like uh the, the <laughs> games that like I, I grew up or well, i mean i'm thinking like old school the games like sonic yeah. <laughs> and mario no platformer but, games but totally exactly controller absolutely i i'll, I'll do that right. but uh it's funny i was having a conversation with with keegan's brother-in-law uh, about pc versus uh you know let's say xbox or playstation or whatever yeah. 
And they did, uh, I guess, I think it was Microsoft, they did a, cl- a cross-platform... Multiplayer game? Multiplayer game. And the PC guys killed Demolished. Yeah. Demolished. <laughs> That's why we can't have cross-platform games. So, so they put an end to it. Yep. Yeah. It's because of most That's people why you can't have nice things. You just, just, <laughs> trying to play yeah. a shooter yeah. with a joystick is stupid. Sure. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. much hate mail you're going to get for that. <laughs> we but might. We might. We'll playing see. a first-person shooter game with a controller is stupid. Sure. Sure. I, I get it. I get it. I, I prefer the most myself. Yeah. Right? It's, like it's the, an interesting challenge if everyone is doing it. Yes. Like it's a different skill yeah, set. That's yes. right. Yeah. If you're yes, competing right. one against the other, there's no contest. Yeah. I, um, I, I bought a PS4 for Destiny because okay. it looked amazing. Sure. And and I played the crap out of it for a while. Mm-hmm. And jumping into to PvP, and it was just sure. like I can't do this. <laughs> I was just like I can't do this. I've been playing video games my entire life, and yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I don't blame you. <laughs> it's good. How about uh, bad video? games do you have any any games oh, that are bad video terribly games? terrible um, <laughs> I, I i like i watch a series i used to watch angry video game nerd yeah would review old games and just yep. point out like how horribly they were there, there are a lot of bad video yeah. games you put me on the spot trying to think of one now though um <laughs> <laughs> who can we hit on right now yeah <laughs> oh yeah you have to name specifics but I mean, or maybe what goes into a bad, bad game video, design bad 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 video games are just artless like mm-hmm. I, I mean, I like hate on an entire genre if you want. Sure, yeah, um, yeah please. <laughs> just bad, bad free-to-play games um, that use mm-hmm. terrible mechanics to gate their players and just, they're evil. Right. Those are bad. Like um, pay-to-win pay games? Well, not even pay-to-win. Like, take Clash of Clans or Farmville, okay. for example. You take these games that, they clearly have an engaging core mechanic because people play them. Sure. Um, yeah. They have this engaging core mechanic, and it's it's funny that I'm hating on them because they play a lot like the Dark Room. <laughs> but 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 I wasn't evil about it. Um, <laughs> they take this this engaging core mechanic that I mean you had in games like The Settlers, yeah. for example, or um, or even Civilization to a, to a lesser degree. Like these these games that sort of those those kinds of mechanics have existed forever, like Sim Farm, Sim Hospital, like Sim City. These right. games have existed forever, and now they're sort of they've transitioned to to mobile free-to-play, and the way that they do it is they take this engaging core mechanic, they make it take ten times as long, and then they say that you can only play for a certain amount of time every day. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. And, oh, yeah, and so you'll play this game, you're like, I'm enjoying this game, and you'll play it for five minutes, and then you run out of energy, and you can't make any more moves, yeah. and you have to wait. <laughs> oh. And, and you either wait, or you give them money. Ah. Right? And, and like, I just, that is such a terrible idea. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're taking this thing and you're making this thing that people enjoy and then you're saying, you can play. No, you can't. Right. <laughs> and, and I just, it's, that's so awful. It's, it's just so antithetical to the relationship that a game developer and a, and a game player should have. Like right. it shouldn't be mm-hmm. this, it shouldn't be a conflict and that's a conflict. Sure. It's, right. right. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I get that. There, there's been an interesting move recently in iOS. I mean, that's, that's the platform I'm, I'm on right now with my yeah. phone that people uh, indie developers branding themselves as giving premium games and charging five or ten dollars yep. and giving them an experience where that's what you pay and you don't and you get what you get and it I isn't really that a crazy it. idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's awesome yeah i mean free to play and and microtransactions and in-app purchases absolutely have their place yeah they games do. games that do them well i i think are amazing because mm-hmm. it's it's kind of going back to the way we had it before where you get a game demo right they don't do game demos anymore oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. but like now you get a free-to-play game, and that's kind of like a game demo. You know, you can play it for a certain amount of time before deciding how much it's worth to you. Yeah. Um, though the exploitative monetization models kind of kill that, right? right. And, and it's, 
it's just the way of the, the market, right? They found that, that there's, they don't make money from everybody. They don't even make money from a lot of people. They have a very small subset of players that spend an absurd amount of money on yeah. their games. What and do you call an absurd amount of money? Like a lot, okay. like thousands of dollars. Oh Lord. Yeah. They, and they call them whales <laughs> and the entire, no, the entire business of making these free to play in-app purchase games now, you're not making your game for your casual audience. You're mm -hmm. making the game for whales. Yeah. Right. And you need the game to be playable enough that there is, you know, an ecosystem of players for these whales to feel better than. Sure. Yeah. But you're making the game for them. Right. Mm. You're making the game for the person that's going to come in, drop $5,000 right. on, you know, get completely hooked and obsessed and drop $5,000 on your game. Yeah. Oh, Lord. And it's just, it's cannibalizing the industry. It's, yeah. and it's going to kill it. Yep. Yeah. We'll see it happen. Yeah. Well, I, I would hope not, obviously. The, but, the uh, industry of those kinds of yeah, games. That's no, the, yeah, the mobile mobile games, is, yeah. there's going to be a, a fallout. That yeah. bubble is going to burst. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the games that do it well do it really, really well. Yeah, like, um, Fable, I think. Fable 2, maybe. Okay. They did this cool trial. I think it was on Xbox. Maybe Xbox 360. 360. Um, yeah. Where they split the game up. They just cut it up into little bits. And you could play the first hour or something for free. Oh, and then if you yeah. liked it, you could pay them five dollars and keep playing. Hmm. And you know, you play the, then you hit the next gate, and if you liked it, you'd pay another five dollars and keep playing. Okay. And the total cost was you know sixty dollars or the cost right. of the game. Uh, that makes sense, right? And that's great. I like, like that model like, a lot. Not only is that good for consumers yeah. because they get to pay. You know, if if you only play half the game, you only pay for half the game. If you right. only play a third of the game, you only pay for a third of the game. And I don't know how good that is for publishers. Like, I imagine sure. that there's okay. going to be a balance between <laughs> yeah. people who buy your game because, you know, it's new and shiny and they pay $60 and then they hate it. Right. You've made that $60 from them that you would not have made had, they allowed, had you let them try it first. But then I imagine there's also a large portion of people who would not have paid $60, but who will pay, you know, 5 or $10 to get a, a little ways into the game before they get bored. Right. And, right. and I don't know where the balance line is, but there's got to be one. Yeah, there must be. There's got to be one. I, I, I wonder how many video games have taken that approach. Because I many. never heard of that. Not many. Okay. I mean, that's that's the way that it used to be. Like, back yeah. in the days of Shareware, right? Sure. Where you would you would yeah. get Doom Episode 1. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you I know, you would you'd get Doom <laughs> Episode 1 for the two ninety nine Shareware diskette at right. the corner store. Right. And if you wanted the rest, you would mail a check <laughs> yeah. to In Software. Yeah. And they would mail you the rest of the game. Yeah. <laughs> and... And that, it seems like that should be the model now because we've got digital distribution. This yeah. is, it seems like it's perfect. And yeah. it, it's, I haven't seen anybody really run with that. No. Mm. The extent of what you've seen, uh, at least on consoles, or like the downloadable content. Right? Yeah, you'll get a full game for $60. Well, yeah. full, I'm yeah. doing air quotes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You get a full, a full game for $60 and yeah. then you'll be able to buy DLC that, that add on. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Which is... Which which kind is, of the same, but not really. Yeah, it's, because there's still that front-loaded sixty-dollar purchase purchase yeah, price. That's yeah. right. Rather yeah. than splitting it up. Uh, why don't we jump to uh, another segment? We do a segment called Speed Round. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't warn you. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Yeah, I, uh -oh. I just I just realized that. Uh, but it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it's a series of questions, more or less random. Let's be honest. Uh, but uh, we'll put two minutes on the clock. Answer as quickly as you like. Oh, good. And, uh, is this live? It's yeah. uh, not live, but uh, uncut. So. Uncut. <laughs> Unless you say something terribly offensive. Which I might Please if you don't. put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll let uh, Rob start it off. Okay. Here we go. What is your favorite board game of all time? 
favorite board game of all time? <laughs> you just uh, have to put him on the spot. God. <laughs> Every question. No, I mean, it's, you, you can pass uh, it. Uh, a deck of cards. Oh, oh that's nice. nice. Uh, what was the last Ottawa restaurant you went to? That was my the last Ottawa restaurant I went to, I was at Mill Street Brew Pub last night. Nice. Um, your favorite genre of music? Classic rock. How do you like your ice cream? Vanilla. Soft serve. Okay. Do you put sprinkles on your ice cream? No. Hmm. Heathen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, favorite genre of video game. That's what I meant to ask. Favorite genre of video game? Music. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I like, I like third-person adventure games. Okay. Uh, what web browser do you use? Chrome. How do you feel about OC Cranspo? <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, your favorite spot in Ottawa besides home? Favorite spot in Ottawa besides home? House of Targ. Oh, nice. uh, how excited are you about spring from 1 to 10? Zero. Oh. End of the ski season. Ah. <laughs> okay. what's, uh, what's Ottawa's littlest known treasure? Littlest known treasure? In your um, opinion. Do people know about Escape Manor? Oh, not many people do. Not many great. people. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, gonna to call that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, favorite type of shirt? <laughs> uh, uh, t-shirts? You go to your list of questions. Go to your list What's the TV show you're watching right now? What's your... Uh, Better Call Saul. Okay. Hmm. Um... Don't don't read too much into this. Which which <laughs> which one of us would you take home to meet your parents? I can't. Keep, why, why can't all? Why can't I have all of you? Just one. Just one. Go to your list, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you you could pass. Okay. Me. Well, the problem is I don't remember names. Oh, so. there you go. That's the best uh, part. Uh, uh, all of us then. All you of can you. take all of us yeah. and be like, this is Ottawa. what? Yeah. That's <laughs> good. I might, I'd like, to, to, to consider it one person, we stitch you together, I guess. But You would stitch ooh. us together. Yeah. Because okay. then you're one person, and it's applicable. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Isn't that all it takes to make you one person? Yes. Stitching together. <laughs> According to the speed round, yes. Okay. These are facts, ladies and gentlemen. These are facts. Uh, so, I think we're coming up uh, on time. So, actually, almost an hour, which is great. Uh, so, you have probably a few things you want to promote. I hate self-promotion so oh. much. Well, we, we mean, will do it. We can do it for you. Yeah, promote me. Uh, <laughs> while, I, while I blush in the corner. So, you can find Michael at, uh, or some of his works, at www.doublespeakgames.com. There's also uh, a darkroom.doublespeakgames.com, as well as Gridland at the same address. Um... So people, he's on Twitter. He's on I, Facebook. Your games are free. They are free. free. Yep, and the web so, versions are free. And if they, if people like it, how do they support you? Uh, there are donate developer? buttons on okay. the games. They can send me money if they like. Um, they could always go and buy a dark room on iOS because that pays me. And, oh, um, if and when Gridland hits mobile, that will be for sale for money that they can they can buy. Awesome. So, Play my games on the web. If you like them, go buy them on iOS. Makes sense. Great. And uh, if they wanted to follow you, do you have a Twitter handle? Yeah, I have Twitter. Um, I'm at Continuities. Continuities. Yeah. Okay. I registered Doublespeak Game, but I don't tweet there. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's just so that nobody else can have it. Sure. Does Doublespeak Game have a Facebook? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Doublespeak Games has a Facebook page. Great, great. Cool. Uh, anything else that we're missing? On your end. More beer. No. 
Morbid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for us, before we get to uh, where they can find us, uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to OSSC. So at some point last year, we had... Uh, In our um, third or fourth episode, yeah, right at the beginning. We we mentioned OSSC, Ottawa Sports and Social Club, in, in just a random podcast. And uh, I think, uh, I think Rob, you took to Twitter and you just mentioned them. And you, you just said, hey, learn about OSSC or whatever. And, yeah. and uh, that, that's the extent of what you said, if I remember correctly. Well, we, talk, we talked about how... We had uh, our shirts were getting raggedy. I had a giant hole in the armpit of my well, shirt. Well, I mean, on, on Twitter, on, on, yeah, Twitter, on Twitter, all, we just all you them. said was that they, yeah. you know, we talked about them. But we got a response back saying, "Oh, you know, it's great you guys are playing dodgeball." And I heard that you know you guys are talking about your shirts and things like that. So they actually listened to the podcast first of all because I feel like a lot of people fake it sometimes too, right? They're yeah. just like, "Oh, great, you know, these guys." Well, I was like, "Good job with the thing." Yeah, no, right. I'm just like, yeah. No, no. <laughs> like, do you know what I'm doing? But yeah, they listened to it, and yeah, we talked about our shirts getting, you know, kind of ripped up and things, and they offered to get us free shirts. And you know, over the year, we had had a bit of a back and forth and things, so we finally got the order in. We're now using the shirts. They look stunning. They got from Tees for the uh, Tees for, for the people, yeah, yeah, which is great. So anyway, yeah. I just want to give a nice shout out to OSSC and like. Yeah. Uh, that Thanks again. Answer. Absolutely. That is awesome. Audible.ottawapodcast.com. Get a free book and, and don't read. trial. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> There's that. A uh, free book a month. Is that right? I don't know. Uh, we have to look that up. Oh, look that up. All right. And, and what about the website? <laughs> uh, you can find us at ottawapodcast.com. We have Twitter and Facebook uh, at ottawapodcast. Yep. And uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Great. So to close out this episode... Michael, we're going to turn to you again. It's your time to shine. Uh-oh. And just say auto what in however manner you like. Auto what? 